0: So John, you made sure you got fresh batteries and everything in your uh, recorder. I have fresh batteries all the time. You, on the other hand, don't seem to, because there's a a distinct lack of love. You know, uh, when we first recorded this, I said I needed therapy, and that was for a different reason. But now I need therapies because you you just don't love me that much. Yeah, but
1: yeah, where you know, I've I've now got my act together and put batteries in the thing that's supposed to have batteries in, and and of course um, you'll be even better this time round.
0: let me tell you why I needed therapy this morning and still even today. So, um, I told uh, you about the, the hack day win, which was great, grand and glorious. And last week, uh, there was a Netflix tech blog about it. And at Netflix hack days, we, we've been inviting the press for the last couple of them and there have been follow on articles. So, um, there were a bunch of articles, uh, about, about this hack day. Um, and, uh, the coverage has been very interesting to, to, to see how it rolls out, um, uh, because the, the, you know there's there's coverage in the usual tech press. There was in Gadget and, and Buzzfeed and Quartz and and you know uh, TechCrunch and CNET and whatnot. And the the coverage for the most part hewed very closely to the, the the text that was in the blog post. So you know what I wrote was was you know that, that this was a done because we have a strong interest in accessibility and I think that it sparked a lot of imagination because it was interesting technology and and the the video I think was nice and we did all the things that we talked about kind of last episode the the kind of tricks that that I've kind of learned over the years And, and you know when you're doing facial gesture recognition you can recognize any number of gestures so the fact that we did the Tongue sticking out really kind of caught people's imagination. So, you know, all the headlines were, you know, along the lines of, of you know, control Netflix with your eyes and tongue. Um, but even there were some subtle differences between some of them because, uh, I, as I described, I said that, that the same technology that enables Face ID, um, which really refers to the the, the 3D camera that, that, that comes with the newer iPhones, um, which... You know, essentially, just makes it that it can it can recognize your face, facial gestures, and 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 where your eyes are, even in low light, which is kind of useful because Face ID has to work in, in low light. Um, and but because we talked about it being hack day, some of the, the the headlines were like, you know, they hacked Face ID, which in itself is is not at all true, but it 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 kind of it suggests that that I think that that either they didn't understand what what we wrote or they did understand and they were just like looking for kind of a a more sensationalist uh, angle to it. Um, But that was kind of the first round. But what was kind of interesting is that it also then spread to kind of more general uh, press. So, I mean, it it was in variety and that's to be expected because Netflix being Netflix variety is kind of the the Hollywood trade paper. Uh, But then my mom, uh, who Because of this, has more recently been taking my phone calls, which is nice. Um, She sent me a link that was in the London Evening Standard, and uh, there was also in kind of business magazines. It was in Forbes, uh, and and then the most recent one I saw was in Inc. and what was interesting about the ink one is that they, you know, it was done a couple of days after the original initial round, and I think at that point, if you're a writer, you know, you can't just report about the 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 events as it happened because that, that it's already you know people have already done that, so you really have to look for some sensational angle. And what they basically said is like, you know, this technology could be good for accessibility or it could be creepy as as, as all hell. You decide. You know, that was paraphrasing that was the 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 headline um and because they basically were positing that the fact that we could do this means that of course we've been doing eye tracking and and emotional you know face gesture recognition to be able to determine one's emotion and that that's been in the product for years and now we're just kind of you know covering ourselves and nothing could be further from the truth and i actually happen to know (laughs) So it's it's been fun to kind of see how the, how how the press works um and how it comes in waves so um that was my experience this week Scotty and the reason why I need therapy is because i it's it's um uh, when you start to see the, the, the press building for it, every time you come into work or, you know, I've been texting back and forth with my collaborators on the project, Ben and Steve, you know, each time there's a new country, it's like, hey, we're big in Japan or we're big in Italy or big in Mexico. Um, and then when it stops, because it inevitably does stop, then you face this terrible depression. Now I have to speak to you about it. And then when I came and turned to you for help, what did you do? You let the battery run out.
1: Oh, there's, there's so many things we've got to say about this. So um, let's deal with the ones that are about me first of all, because okay. that's more personal. Uh, you know, I I I love the fact that you know, um, you know, you know, when it's all going well, you talk to your your collaborators, Ben and Steve, and, and then you know, when it starts going badly, that's when you start moaning at me because I, I I get John's bitching basically. <laughs> well, why not? That's it. So it, it's uh, yeah. Um, I need to charge for these sessions. Uh, Yeah, I think that, I mean, there's several things here. Firstly, that, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Firstly, congratulations that this thing has been picked up and people have have done it. Uh, I think the whole thing about the, uh, even the tech press sensationalizing um, inaccuracies, effectively, even when you've given them the details and then obviously with the non-tech press, uh, possibly even picking up from the tech press some of the inaccuracies, and, and just you, everything turns into this. You know, we're being monitored, we're being tracked from this like you know accessibility idea into you know Big Brother is watching us uh, type of thing. I think is quite interesting. Now I understand why. I mean, if you're looking at um, uh, something like TechCrunch, where they you know they might be posting thirty articles a day, if not more, forty articles a day. I don't know. I mean, it was getting ridiculous. Uh, alongside. Uh, you know a, you know a dozen other tech websites it you know for them it's all about what headline you know what headline gets us traffic because if we get traffic we get eyeballs and if we get eyeballs we get ad revenue so um you know so link baiting has been you know just a a way of life for um uh, a little while now but it is you know i'm guessing yeah, they say all publicity is good publicity. So I affect I guess the fact that people even, you know, have heard about this will end up I guess the kerfuffle about oh are they tracking me will go away because it is inaccurate. And the stuff about all oh, accessibility in the Netflix app might hopefully stick around. But it is interesting that you have to be even when you I imagine, you know, Netflix were very careful about what you did say and didn't say and how you managed, you know, what the text was that you were putting out there. And yet, still, you know, things go out of hand. Imagine what it's like if you don't think about it and you're quite casual and just say something. <laughs> oh, absolutely, it's, you know, a lesson, yeah. Yeah, to, to to be really careful about. It. But um, it's good. So yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you cannot cope. Um, cope. Sorry, it's too early in the morning. You cannot comment on um, you know, future directions of products and things. But you know, does does you know, does a response to um, uh, like this to to something from a hack day uh you know sort of influence your thinking about things that have come out of it or is it just you know it's just a nice bit of extra publicity
0: no i mean i i think o- over time it, it's a helpful gauge i mean i, I was very kind of uh, forthright in that i think this technology i i would be amazed if it doesn't become part of 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 kind of standard accessibility apis um uh, you know i've i've seen already you know uh, i think at least one possibly two or three other apps that 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 kind of are out on the app store um one of them that basically i can't remember the name but basically it 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 it, it uses a a browser so it says you know you can use these apps but you can really you, know, you can control facebook but only the facebook web app and only the facebook web app you know, controlled through this, this thing, which I guess what they do is, is that they say, well, we will, you know, we will kind of figure out which DOM element you're, you're focused on. Um, And that was their way of, of saying, well, you know, we'll, we'll do the work to translate the, 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 uh, the eye position to some particular element that, that's, that's meaningful. And, and with a DOM, you can kind of, you know, you can tell whether there's something that that is tappable or clickable, um, so it makes sense. Um, but it, it it is clearly something that that you really don't want each app developer to have to do it because the other thing um, is that you need to be able to tune it. And so this this app that was that that's out there um, has a kind of setting for it where they ask you to to you know move move your eye to to corners of the screen and then move it down to the bottom so you can do scrolling. So obviously, you know, this developer has, has thought about it. But again, it kind of points to the fact that you really can't have multiple people, multiple independent apps trying to do it. Um, it's it's quite similar to, to how you have to train your you know train using your your fingerprints when you had the the touch ID and how you even need to, to, to train the, the the face detection by by moving your head around um, so Apple really is in, in the position to do it and then at that point you know that can also they're in a position to be able to handle the the thing about saying you know uh, you know asking permission the same way that you ask permission to access your photo library or or microphone that you would do something along the lines of where you kind of say if your app opts into this type of thing that you ask for permission and then, and then it kind of removes some of the the, the the worry that people might have saying well if they're doing this to track the eyes or why are they doing it and I think you know it, 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 it there's a certain level of trust that needs to be involved and, and if it's arbitrated through Apple itself and I think that, that that's handled well so you know that that's about as far as as, as we can say about it I think that that yeah that and, and that's that's my sincere hope and that that's kind of exactly what I wrote.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess on the permission thing, you already have to ask permission to use the camera, but I guess that's not necessarily obvious what you're using it for, right? So yeah, and and I think the whole having to, uh, you know, it's interesting on the whole having to train things. I mean, I you know, I I think people who require accessibility features on applications are probably used to having to train things. Mm. Um, Yeah, because uh, unfortunately these, you know, the technology isn't good enough yet on the whole often to just do it. I mean, and that's the same with, you know, you you even start with a training session for Siri and that, don't you? And that's still pretty useless even after that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, And one more thing. I think, uh, was I right? Did you say or did I hear, maybe maybe it was off air, um, that you you had the, the press in your Hack Days the presentations yeah. actually there. So yeah. that's an interesting concept. did do, do you not feel, I mean, I know it's not your choice, but do you not feel that might limit what you may or may not sort of try and hack based on the fact that the, effectively let's call it the public as opposed to just the
0: press, someone from outside is there? Well, I mean, that, that was discussed. I mean, they basically said that, you know, it's up to you, you know, that, because they, they basically said that, you know, there, there will be some press and mostly they're just there to kind of be led through so they can have some pictures and they can kind of have an idea. And they said that if you're working on something that you feel is terribly sensitive and again, using, you know, your, your best judgment, you know, be aware and, and, and act accordingly. So, um, you know when we were working on it reality is it's is not everybody's hacking in one area it takes place during it you know a fixed period of time. There is an area that's created and that's mostly it seems to be used for people who want the conviviality of it or may need some extra space because they're doing hardware stuff for us you know we we mostly did it kind of you know uh in the areas that we work normally and 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 in a video and in a conference room that kind of made it look like that was my 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 beautiful office my beautiful corner office with the you know commanding view um so yeah so in that case i we were worried about the about the press so i don't think i don't i don't think it really i don't think the presence of them changed what what people were working on
1: cool well well you've been um you know working on the high-end technology of AR kits, and then you know, lapping up your uh, newfound fame, and I'm, I'm sure, sort of, you know, spending your evenings uh, in uh, jacuzzis of champagne, eating caviar, <laughs> <laughs> um, as you, know, as, as I'm sure, you're now going to have a right bathing in Robin. Yeah, yeah you'll have a rider for this uh, now, aren't you? That you only want the blue M and M's and the best vodka in your in your green room before Precisely. we record. Yeah. yeah. This had nothing mm-hmm. to do with batteries. I've just taken the hit that we hadn't we hadn't got the right. Uh, the right refreshments in for you and you refuse to record. I, I threw a yeah. fit. That's true. Uh, I've been disappearing into the uh, the more, even more obscurities of server-side Swift. Um, but uh, yeah, which is uh, the more you use it, you realize it's uh, a little bit uh, young still. It's um, it's good. Now I remember, hopefully people remember I said that we're developing something um, and we've started to use server-side Swift for the back end. And um, so you still use Xcode and you still write unit tests. But uh, I, th- I think I've said this before, but it'd take two minutes to refresh. But um, obviously when you deploy, you're not probably not going to be deploying on a OS, Mac OS. You're going to be deploying on Linux. Um, obviously on Linux, you don't have uh, AppKit or UIKit. You just have Foundation. Uh, but the Foundation you have is different to the Foundation that you have when you're developing on macOS because the you know, when you're doing your development under Xcode, you're using uh, the foundation that is you know, part of UIKit or AppKit or, you know, basically works through the OBGIE runtime um, as usual, whereas once you deploy uh, on Linux, you're using the pure Swift version of foundation. And there are, you know, some differences. Uh, the one we've been, you know, uh discovering this week is there are definitely differences when it comes to uh what's available for regular expressions, that type of thing. Um so anyway, one of one of the things you need to do when you're using Server-Side Swift is make sure that you um run your unit tests on Linux because you know you need to make sure that it runs on Linux, not just Mac OS, because it, it could be different. And uh, if people remember i said we I've been playing with Docker to do that um which' be quite impressed with and, you know is a container system where it downloads a uh, um a container, which is basically a pre configured virtual machine with just the minimum on you need it, and then using the configuration file when you run it it can you know it will copy your code across, compile it, and run it and that sort of thing and it's actually really really clever and really really efficient um so I've been looking this week at how you deploy uh, Swift uh, on the server, and yeah, obviously you can do it the the way of you know going to DigitalOcean or a Node and get yourself a you know a cheap instance and copy the code up and compile it and run it. But um, you know, as it, easy as that is these days, and it's cheap. I mean, I mean, the fact you can get a server for five bucks a month, you know, you can get a server now for five bucks a month that would, you know, uh, four or five years ago be costing you hundreds of dollars a month. So. It's the virtual machine technology, you know, on the web, and obviously with AWS, you can get it down even cheaper, but uh, I don't know, AWS, Amazon Web Services, you know, it's got so big, it just confuses the hell out of me. (laughs) I don't know what service is what anymore. It's just, uh, I'm sure there are people who have to be certified just in knowing what every acronym in AWS is, Uh, but there we are. Um, So anyway, I've been looking at deployment this week, and, you know, Docker... Uh, is is actually mainly used for deployment, a way of you know c- configuring a machine effectively, and then and then just deploying it consistently every single time. Uh, so we have been playing with Docker deployment and uh, basically getting Circle CI. We're using Circle CI for our continuous integration, and so making sure that that runs that uses Docker to run our uh, Linux tests whenever we do a pull request against our repo on our develop branch. Um, which means that, you know, so for d- uh, deployment in Docker, it seems that one of the uh, the ways that's in it at the moment is uh, something called Kubernetes. Um, now, I've been to several conferences recently uh, when I went to an Alexa conference, or whatever else. Yeah, this word Kubernetes is been quoted all over the place like it's definitely the in thing. But to be honest, until this week, I had no idea what it was. Um, but it's, uh, and, and in case other people don't, it's a... Um, Effectively, a deployment configuration system for deploying containers. Uh, partic- I don't think it has to be Docker, but I think Docker is often what's what's used, Docker containers. Uh, so the idea is behind Kubernetes is you, you set up a configuration file of what you want your deployment to look like, and then you give it to uh, Kubernetes master, and it basically sets up, all your containers to look like that. So you might say, "Well, I want three web servers, two databases, you know, six API servers, whatever." And these are the containers they use because um, you know once you've declared a Docker container and compile it, you can then just use them somewhere. There's like a Docker hub, which is like a um, the equivalent for uh, NPM is for node modules. Effectively, um, for, for your GitHub is for source code, and then. So you configure it and pass it off, and it sets it all up for you running it on something like Google Cloud or on um, Amazon Web Services, do a, uh, a Kubernetes um, system as well. And then if you say, oh, no, I need to change my mind, I want two web servers and this and this, you just change your configuration file, pass it off to Kubernetes, and it works out what it needs to take down, what it needs to put back up. So basically it's um, deployment by configuration as opposed to having to work it out. And actually it's really interesting and really clever. Um and yeah, uh, you know, I know a lot more now than uh, uh, I, I did a, a week ago. Um it's great. I took a course on, on Udemy. Uh I've been using Udemy quite a lot recently. Um you know, it's uh, it doesn't matter. It depends. Udemy seems to have a s they're one of these sites that uh seems to have a sale every week. Uh, um so everything was supposed to be $200, and everything's now $9 type of thing. And it it seems it is the sale is always on. So people who develop these courses, I'm not sure how they make any money. Um, I hope they do. Uh, but uh, Udemy, if I find for this type of stuff, for web development technologies, so for learning things like Docker and for Kubernetes, it's really, really useful. But anyway, there we are. I am becoming a, a, a deployment expert. So... Um, you know, I think i th- a Dex yeah part. i think um I think give me give me another week to take maybe another udemy course and I could probably run your um Netflix infrastructure for you
0: yeah and and deploy it on <laughs> on Raspberry Pis or something I think
1: that's true actually no I'm going to um you know I'm going to hack people's iPhones and run it on the iPhones of the world on a on a free big global hardware network that I'm going to create uh, using a r um as long as as long as there is a flat table service somewhere. <laughs>
0: it it can be running yes well speaking of excess iphones or the existence of iphones uh did you watch the the event in brooklyn and in particular did you pay attention to the the section where they talked about how they're they're really hoping to get to the point where they have no new mind materials for for new iphones which i i think is actually really cool uh i didn't watch the event
1: i haven't watched the event since um i'm not sure why uh i guess because i listen to a number of podcasts and read a certain number of blogs that i've heard um everything that was in it or i thought i'd heard everything that was in it so i didn't feel the need to um I'm not really in the market for a new iPad. I love my iPad Pro. I would love, actually would like a, an up-to-date new one, but I cannot justify it. The one I've got is still so good. Um, and the Mac Mini, yeah, uh, I think it's good they've updated it, but I don't need one right now. Uh, so I hadn't. Um, I had heard about this uh, thing about not mining fresh materials and using... Um, uh, and using uh, what's the word I'm after recycled parts uh, recycled materials sorry uh, but in Venice it's it's not been a major point out there what people have been picking up on which is sort of um maybe a little bit disappointing so educate me john yeah, you know, be the, be the one who lets me know what's going on here
0: well i mean it it's something that i'm i'm keenly interested in um i think all the more so as as, as... People are starting to be more, more and more kind of viscerally concerned about the effects of climate change. I mean, I think probably most people uh, know that California has has been on fire in, in northern and southern California. So the the air quality in San Francisco and, and L A. and and points in between is has been horrific. I mean, it, it, the kind of the it, it, it's been as as people experience in Beijing and 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 Delhi you know for a long long time um but it's considered it it is kind of very unusual in in California where you kind of pride yourself on having clean air and you kind of generally think that that California is the the place where where, we're ecologically sound or or kind of working on this stuff and it really hits home and uh it's all part of the same thing is that, you know, it makes you, you wonder, well, you know, by now, how many billion smartphones have been manufactured and how many multiple of billions? I don't know if there are billions of, of PCs presumably they are, but um, you would have to imagine that that we're getting pretty close to the point that, that uh, if these things truly are designed for easy resource recovery um, – that that apple can get to it and it, it, which which I think is laudable and and, and you kind of you, you know should people care about it? Well, I mean, they ought to, but I think the, the reality is, is people only really care about things until it directly affects them. So you really kind of maybe not care about climate change so much until you start to notice that, you know, every year you have the, the worst hurricanes or the worst flooding or the worst drought or the worst forest fires that you've had in, in years. And then all of a sudden it starts to say, wow, this is this is what everybody's been talking about. And as Governor Brown said, the, the new normal is not the new normal. It's the new abnormal. And so you, you kind of think, well, you know, what's what's it going to take to get people to change their behavior? And so you can you can talk about climate change or, you know, kind of ecological efficiency or, you know, from, from any number of different perspectives. You can say, well, there are people who just are naturists. They love nature. They find beauty in it and they, they hate to see things be despoiled you know there are evangelical Christians who say you know an affront against nature is an affront against God there are people who just do it because of kind of sheer efficiency saying that you know what's good for when you when you're allowed to externalize costs for for then then things are artificially cheap and when you disallow the external you know when when and when, when through carbon taxes or any other type of, of tax that comes up and saying that the price that you pay at the pump or at the grocery or at the Apple store reflects the, the full ecological impact that forces uh, companies to be able to think in this way. And that's in some parts of the world. You know, I remember reading in Ger- about German regulations that saying that if you buy a you know a refrigerator or a BMW or any type of durable consumer good, the manufacturer is, is required to kind of include the purchase price, the recovery of it. And so when that's the case, since they can't charge, you know, the consumers have to be able to afford it. Then they have to be able to design a system that says, you know, waste from one is food or input for the next one. So I think Apple's is is just following along in in the leads that we've seen in other parts, and uh, and I just think that that as as software engineers, generally speaking, you 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 tend to value efficiency. I mean, I've given talks, and I, I know that you have too, or seen other talks when they say that in terms of being a good kind of graphical. Uh, 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 software developer, you have to be lazy, you know, don't draw more pixels than are actually visible on screen. And so by the same token, you know, don't, don't mine more materials than you absolutely need, or in the world of, of kind of cloud computing, be very, very careful that you're not deploying more computing power uh, than you actually need, you know, and, and we think about this a lot at Netflix because we have, you know, large numbers of, of compute instances out up there in the, in the cloud. Um, and it's, it's at the scale we do it that that's real money. It's not a, it's not a rounding error. So I, 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 you know, was, was talking to a colleague about it and I was snarkily, sometimes I'll snarkily refer to the number of, of dead polar bears, um, that would, that would result from not caring about this stuff. Um, and so we, we are, are really becoming more sensitized to it. And even, even, you know, as a client iOS developer, we still have to write our own endpoints, and so we we do have to think carefully about it. And I just think that um, you know the point of departure of this conversation was really kind of something that Apple was doing, and, and it would be pretty easy, I suppose, to kind of say, "Hey, it's greenwashing." I don't think it is. I think that they were very careful saying that this is the goal we've set; these are the steps we're moving forward to. It. It's a long journey, but we think it's important. And I and I think that that their position is is like we think it's important for kind of whatever ecology slash moral issues. But the reality is, is no, it's, it's hard-nosed business is that it's, it's a lot easier for us to control a supply chain if part of that supply chain is the recovery of the old ones than it is to to, to negotiate, purchase of brand new, you know, rare earth materials that are sourced from countries that are full of conflict or where, you know, for, for whatever geopolitical reason may make the, the sourcing of these materials kind of too expensive and that, that hurts our bottom line. So I think that Apple can be both kind of morally and ecologically correct, but I think you know they, they wouldn't have to and, and that wouldn't bother me at all. I think whatever motivation it takes for them to, to get to this efficiency, the important thing is is that they do and that other companies you know and, and consumers and, and everybody kind of realize that that you know super efficiency is is, is its own useful ends. There, that's the end of my soapbox speech. No, no, I think it's great.
1: I mean, I think it's, um, you know, we have to remember Apple is a public company, and as a public company, you have a legal responsibility to maximize the return for your shareholders. Um, I think we've discussed in the past, I'm not a fan of public companies. I think it forces companies to do bad things. It's all about the share price and next year's revenue and next year's dividend or this next quarter's dividend and you know, companies don't make good long term decisions or the right decisions because the market won't let them. Um but anyway that's that's getting off 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 track. Um but I think it's it's fortunate that now Apple have found a way whereby they can do the right thing or a good thing ecologically that also makes economic sense to the company, particularly in the long run, uh so that We can, we can uh, make good steps forward from an environmentally friendly point of view, while them not effectively breaking their commitments. I have to make shitloads of money, Um, as you said. It will eventually come in. I think, you know, it's in taking it into what you were saying. It's not just the physical. It's it's the um, how much data do you bring back across the internet into your front end from your you know from your API? Are you Returning all the customer details when you just need their name, are you returning all their transactions when you just need three? You know, I, 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 until you sort of said that recently, it was like, "Okay, so yeah, that's got a cost. You know, transferring bits across the wire has a cost in power, in uh, things it's using up, the fact that those bits have to be stored. You know, and we, sh- you know, with the amassing of data, you know, we we should look at those things. You said for a company like Netflix, which shifts, you know shitloads of bits, I think that's the correct term for the amount of bits it, sh- it shifts. That's the technical shit loads term, Shitloads of yes. bits across the... Uh, several peddashits yeah, loads. Yeah, several um Across, across the net, yeah, if you can if you can reduce that by a, a pet shit or two, then, um, you know, yeah, that's that must significantly reduce the bill in places and what's going on. And, and again, reduces, not only that, reduces the amount of electricity that's been used, which reduces the stuff. It's, I think... Uh, I suspect the eco stuff has been picked up more in the U.S. than maybe elsewhere. I mean, because firstly, let's put it this way. Um, in, in Europe, virtually everybody believes that climate change is an issue, whereas I think in the in the States, you're often still having that argument is even an issue or even happening. Um, so maybe something like this is a little more controversial or a little more, you know, uh, shove it in your face type of stuff, whereas here it's more... A, yeah, of course you should be doing that. Why wouldn't you be doing that, <laughs> type of thing? But it is good. Um, and as the lead player, um, you know, it currently gives Apple, you know, uh, a, a thing they can stand on stage and make a big deal about, uh, which is good for them. And hopefully that means everyone else is always playing catch up. That uh, everyone else will do the same, and uh, we'll we'll find that. So, uh, yeah, well done, Apple. I, I might actually have to go back now and uh, watch the. Um, uh the the presentation but just find that bit and uh, and watch that because i've heard all the information about the rest of it so thanks for pointing that out
0: sir you're welcome scotty well i think that maybe gives us a chance to kind of bring this to the end so we don't wa- waste excess bits of electricity on our nonsensical rants um yeah so,
1: <laughs> and,
0: yeah, yeah how much
1: and, how much does it cost ecologically for the uh, yeah, for the amount of people's time that we've wasted.
0: Well, the, the good news is, is that since we have so few listeners, I can I can assure myself that no, there will be no dead polar bears as a result of the recording yes. of, of the entire uh, lifetime of, of our pod.
1: Yes, uh, there we are, dead polar bear free broadcasting.
0: <laughs> that's <all> that's... <laughs> the <DF> bbc <laughs> Yes.
1: Oh, I think uh, we would say something there. John, okay, I'm sure somebody will want to um, talk to you about uh, some of the stuff that you've said today or really just, um, you know, offer you, better therapy than i
0: can uh so where should they do that well they can direct their 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 loving messages of support and condolence or encouragement on the twitters to me uh i'm um, Jembe. that's d-j-e-m-b-e like the west african drum and scotty if they want to uh help you find your your new uh you know podcast co-host because i've i've gone off and 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 found somebody who's willing to pay me twice as much as you pay me uh how can they contact you
1: well, first let me say, John, I'm prepared to up your um, uh, your fee by uh, 300%. If someone comes along to double it, I'll triple it, just to All let right. you know. That, um, cool. Yeah, they they can get hold of me on um, Twitter as MacDevNet, although I just really don't check into Twitter that often these days. Um, micro.blog, I'm Scotty. Um, or good old-fashioned email uh, is uh, feedback at iDeveloper.co. And that goes to both of us, so they can... Um, get uh, twice the bang for their buck, shall we say. <laughs> Double-barred right. shotgun of hate. Yes, all right. but not aimed at uh, polar bears ever. No. <laughs> um, right, well, it's been an absolute pleasure, sir. Um, it looks like uh, the red light is still on, so it looks like my battery's made it through this one. So, um, you know, it all could be good and someone might actually get to hear this. But uh, if you are hearing this, thank you very much for putting up with it. And until next time, You take care.
0: I think that was I think we actually got it a little bit more focused even that time.